Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. We're celebrating 50 seasons of Admirals hockey, and we've had some uh, some great guests, and we've been looking forward to this one. He hasn't been here 50 seasons, but uh, he's, 40, he's... Is it 48? <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? Admirals trainer Doug Agnew joining us. How long, when did you come here? 1989? 89, yep. 89 is your first season. So you come in second year of the Bradley Center, second year of the Vancouver combination. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what what brought you to Milwaukee? How did you get the job? Well, I was just, um, uh, again, I, I was working out on the West Coast in uh, junior hockey in, in Victoria. And um, uh, one, uh, well, in 1989, we had an exhibition game uh, scheduled for the Pacific Coliseum where the Vancouver Canucks played. We were kind of the afternoon billing, and then the Canucks are going to play an exhibition game that night. So I had called over to their trainer and asked if I could, you know, hang around after our game and, you know, learn some pointers from the NHL trainer, and uh, Larry Ashley was his name. And he said, sure. So after our game, I hung around got to know him. Um, a couple of weeks later, he, he gives me a call and says, we, uh, you know, we have a new coach in, coming into Milwaukee, our American League or IHL uh, affiliate team, and uh, we kind of expected him to bring a trainer with him, but he didn't, and we need a guy. So would you be interested? I said, sure. He says, okay, um, let me uh, bounce this around. I'll have somebody give you a call tonight. You know, so I went off to uh, you know training camp with the junior team. About 8 o'clock that night, I'm sitting at home. My phone rings. You're single at this time? No, I'm married. Married, yeah. okay. Yeah. Kids? I just got married, no. No kids no. yet? No, I just got married in 88. So this is a year, a year in. And uh, so I answered the phone. And uh, the other line, it says, hello, Doug? He said, yeah. This is Pat Quinn calling. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it was a buddy? Distinguished voice, and yeah. uh, I knew it was him. I would, my eyes probably popped out of my head, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty Start exciting. Start sweating, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was it? Yeah. So they. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, we arranged, uh, arranged an interview, and they, uh, you know, it was amazing. They, uh, for, for a young guy that, like I was back then, uh, they said, well, we're going to fly into Vancouver for an interview, and. I went down to the Inner Harbor in Victoria. I flew in a helicopter from Victoria over to Vancouver and met with uh, Pat Quinn and uh, and Brian Burke. Had a you know half hour lunch and an interview, and they said, "Well, the job's yours." That's amazing, isn't wow. it? Wow! Yeah. That quick a time just because you decided to stick around for an extra yeah. couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's was amazing. Yeah, and then and I said, "Great, thank you," and I flew back to Victoria and. I promptly asked when I told her the news, well, what do you get paid? I says, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but you figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it was a step up, and you weren't going to pass up an opportunity. I'm like interested. That, so. You said that they thought the coach was going to bring a trainer. Was that, was like, was that expected? Was, I mean, I seriously expected? Was Ron LaPointe supposed to bring somebody in I with I guess, him? or have somebody uh, you know, in Could mind. You, to but was that like that when you, I mean, you didn't, that wasn't your situation in Victoria or anything. No, You no. didn't come in with a coach no, or no, I was, have I a applied, partnership with somebody no, like that. No, I just applied from, from out of school from Toronto. And I've been, again, I just basically uh, applied to every junior hockey team and college team across Canada because, you know, being from Canada is the only job in uh, athletic therapy you're going to make a living at is hockey yeah nothing sure. else is big enough so you know i just applied everywhere across the country you know, you know coast to coast and end up getting a job in victoria that's wild that's wild so when you come to milwaukee and then you meet it you got to figure out the lay of what, land obviously when, when you meet everybody so you interview with 
Yeah. This is the middle of training camp that you do this interview. Yeah, like like junior in junior hockey, the training camp start you know considerably earlier. Okay. So like you know, early first week of August. Oh my so gosh! So I'm wow. like two weeks into training camp with yeah. the junior team. Okay. Yeah. So then, but it's still now a couple of weeks before the NHL training camp. So you got to yeah. move to Vancouver for a couple of weeks, yeah. and then on your way to Milwaukee. Yeah. So once I accepted, you know, of course I accepted the position. A few days later, I, they flew me down here to Milwaukee and. Just gave the lay of the land, and uh, again, did, it's a did you year. meet? Did you meet with with Phil and yeah. with Jim, with Mrs. Pettit? Uh no, the, I didn't meet with Mrs. Pettit. I met with Phil and uh, and the help they had, the equipment guy, Howie Larson. Sure, he kind of showed no me. No relation, around. no relation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they just got the lay of the land for about four days, and then they flew me back to to Victoria. I packed a bag, and off I went to training camp. And you got to hurry up and make some relationships, not only with the players, but with the coaching staff who you spend most of your time with. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was fun. It was interesting. I just, you know, like, uh, I don't know, bright lights of the NHL. You're, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So Ron LaPointe is the coach, right? Your first yep. coach when you get to Milwaukee. Yeah. What was he like? He unfortunately passed at yeah. a very young age but uh, and, and was sick that year. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, I don't know. You know, our assistant coach that year came in was Ron Wilson. Ron sure. Wilson, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he was. They were both great. You know, they both understood that I was, you know, young and hired late, so I didn't really um, have much preparation time, and they they helped me along quite a bit. And it it was nice. They were both real nice, uh, nice coaches. I I can honestly say I never met a coach that I didn't like. Yep. Although I've met a few bad coaches, but they're they're right. all <laughs> but they're not bad people. They're not bad people. They're all very generous and and giving people. And he and he was no exception. He you know, he would have me over to his house on Wednesday nights, and there'd be a doubleheader on. He had the you know an NHL package, I guess, back in the day, whatever it right. was called. And Before it was commonplace. Yeah, yeah. So he'd get a couple of games on Wednesday nights on his on his TV, and I'd go over, and he'd you know we'd have dinner and watch couple of NHL games on TV. Yeah, so Melanie had not, Melanie's your wife. Yeah. She, did she move with you right away? Oh, no, no. Oh. She was just finishing up her degree in, uh, at the University of Victoria. And okay. So she stayed and finished up that and came in the second year I was down here. Got it. So that whole first year, you're just batching it the yeah. whole time. <laughs> just batching <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was fun. Uh, I, I met uh, well, through Howie, uh, Howie Larson in his building on the south side. We, of course, we're at Wilson Park, right. our, our practice facility. So... He he knew a fellow there is actually a, a Milwaukee police police officer, and he was looking for a roommate. So I moved in with him, and I actually spent three years living with him. And even when Melanie came down, we you both still were, you always still lived with him, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a great guy. Helped it helped me a lot learn the the ways of the of the city and uh, sure where to go, where not to go. Yeah, where not, exactly. Well, right. Yeah. What a what a big help that yeah. Yeah. Were you just hired as the athletic trainer because I you you had equipment duties right. as well? Was yeah. that right off thing, the bat? Things or? are completely different now, right, than yeah. it was back then. But yeah, you were full service. Everything. Yeah, it was pretty much full service. That was that was kind of one of the uh, uh, you know attractive parts of my resume. I guess I could do both jobs, and I did do both jobs for the first seven eight years I was here. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but it would was, be long. It was, <laughs> it was. It was a different time, though. The players were different. They, you know, you'd roll into a town and you just, you know, you have big trunks that you can't carry now because of the, you know, the FAA regulations. But we had huge, big steamer trunks that we'd lug around, and uh, you'd get someplace and you'd open it up, and the players would, you know, basically self-service. It was a one-stop shop. All the skate laces, gum, whatever they needed were in these trunks. They just open them up, and they just helped themselves. And you know, I just basically you know, carried the equipment and sharpened the skates before the games. And then, then it was all medical duties after that. And 
until after the game and then laundry duties and <laughs> laundry <laughs> duties and probably sharpen skates again yeah, and sharpen skates again there's a lot of patience involved in that because you watch now and they're sharpening skates and they're washing clothes at the same time and you're you're rubbing guys down or icing yeah. things down or whatever after i mean all of this is going on and it's still going to be a couple of hours before you get out of here yeah so yeah. the patience back then must have been just <laughs> yeah. off the charts how it patient was, these yeah, guys were it was definitely an exercise in, in time management for sure you just <laughs> You know, you set you set timers up, and the wash is done. You go put it in the dryer, go back to what you're doing, and everything just revolves around a, a clock or a timer, and you try and get out of there as quick as you can. But we never. I was telling uh, some people before we walked in here to do this that we've we hear stories, and we know the coaches the last 15, 20 years. But we never hear much because it was such a, a bang, bang, bang. It was Rick Lee for one year. Then you were with Ron LaPointe and Ron Wilson for one year. Yeah. Uh, Jack McElhargy for a year. Mike Murphy for or Mike Murphy first, and then Jack McElhargy. Yeah. And it just I hear Jack McElhargy's name, and and everybody says he's one of the great characters and one of the great people of the game. And I was wondering if you could expand on that and give <laughs> us some examples of yeah. of what a great character he well, was. Yeah, Jack, well, Jack was a fun guy, and I still see him around every now and again. I think he's doing scouting for, for some Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 Philadelphia and uh, yeah, and he still recognizes me. I still recognize Is him. Is that right? And, uh, oh man, he he was a funny guy. He, you know, he would he would he, he was old school, like way old school hockey before it was even old school hockey existed. <laughs> 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 yeah, I would come in some days on my day, on the days off and you know make sure things are getting set up for the next for practice on on Mondays or Tuesdays, and he'd be sitting there looking at his, you know, the the big VCR with the, the the VHS tapes he's plunked in there looking at game tapes he's got a 12 pack of beer in a cooler beside his chair he's got a garbage <laughs> can that's full of full of empties and he's watching hockey and <laughs> doing working on tape and stuff I said oh my god Jack <laughs> old time he was so funny he was so he was prepared but he was he was just a character just fun to be around was he up I mean you, when you talk when you say old school you think about uh, like Bench no nonsense, <laughs> right? <laughs> what I think right? Of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but not really. Now you have what they call a players coach. But it sounds like he might have been like a, a players coach, right? Like he's a he's fun. Like he's just fun. He's he's quirky. He's weird. Yeah. What was he a players coach or did oh, the players? Definitely. Yeah, he wasn't. He was hard because you know back you know again back then in in those days, you know the yeah. The size of the players, it was all a very physical game, like the hooking, the clutching, the grabbing, the fighting was a big part of the game. And, yeah. and you expected guys to play like that and, you know, play hard-nosed hockey and physical. And, you know, and he would yell at guys for not doing it because that's what mostly, you know, he's there to develop guys into that role. And Vancouver had a real tough teams back oh, then too. Yeah. yeah. And they're in a tough division. They're playing, you know, Calgary and Edmonton, you know, they're, they're these rivalries are just full of huge, huge players yeah. and mean guys. And, you know, if they weren't ready to go up there and play that way, you know, it's going to look bad on him. So he was hard on the guys in that regard. But uh, but he loved his fun and he made jokes and, you know, in his meetings and stuff, he, he was always a comical guy. And he understood the fun. There's time to have fun and a time to work hard and, the, you know, a time to be physical and, you know, drop the gloves if you have to. And 
you know, and he expected that every night. And if they didn't get it, then he would get a little owly. That's when he was two of two of those guys. Gino wasn't here very long. Gino Ojic wasn't here no. very long, but he was certainly a tough guy. But Sean Antosky was a first-round pick who was here for a couple of seasons, and yeah. he was good for 350 <laughs> penalty minutes a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. did, did he have a screw loop? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least one. At least one. Yeah, he, he was a... It was a beauty. I mean, uh, you, know, you still see the the video of him going across the back of the penalty to box fight, up there. Yeah, to fight Steve Martinson. Steve Martinson. And, who went out oh. to become the coach of our affiliate in Rockford. Oh, that's uh, so funny. 15 years 15, ago. Yeah, 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 15 years ago yeah, when we were an affiliate with an IHL team. Yeah. Do you, what Can you take us through that? you got to look up this video on YouTube, first of all. If you just type in, if you type in Sean Antosky, the next words will fill in for you, penalty box fight, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. just sort of sitting on the bench and, you know, it's a timeout or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, you sort of, I don't want to say you're daydreaming, but, like, no. you know, there's no game going on. There's nothing you really need to be looking for. Do you remember that, what happened there? Well, there was, they had an altercation, him and... Right, they fought. They yeah, pushed they fought. and shoved. They went in there, and you know, they, they, again, it gets all heated. Everybody's, you know, they're, they're still fired up. And uh, and Marty was a customer too. A oh tough yeah, customer. Yeah, too. it yeah. wasn't their first altercation. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, there was kind of right. There's ten teams in the IHL. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. play teams <laughs> nine times, yeah. right? Ten yeah. times. So I think what they actually happened, and what what uh, Sean told me later was, uh, Martinson threw a glove across and hit him. <laughs> threw a water bottle. A water it bottle. Was a water, water bottle. bottle. You can see it on this video. Yeah. And, and that was it, and that's what set him off. So he's up and he shuffles along, shuffles along the glass, hands on the glass like he's going across a ledge outside the a building, shuffles across behind the game, the scorekeepers, and jumps in there and wails on him yeah, some more. Like he's coming off the top rope. I know. <laughs> and there's no additional penalty for that because they said it was provoked. The official thought it was provoked. Oh, is that right? Provoked. We never got, never got any additional penalties really? for that. Yeah. Oh, good you know, old days. Good old days. <laughs> good old days. <laughs> Once you're done, you open the door, walk out, go back to the other side, yeah, and sit down. Just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> what did, who broke yeah, it up? The officials had to go in there? Yeah. Oh yeah, the linesman finally went in and pulled one of them out. Then they had probably stop fighting and go, like, what the heck are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> obviously, we talk about uh, the officials a lot, and it's a thankless job. I think we all recognize that. But when something like that happens, you really appreciate what these guys, what these have, guys to have to do. What these guys have to do. I mean, and that's crazy. You'll especially appreciate it because you'll look at this video and you'll see Keith Moore, Matt yeah. Moore's dad, who's yeah. the announcer back there. He's like, Ah, uh, get me out of here! Right, <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's got he's got glass between them, <laughs> yeah. and he wants to he wants no, nothing, nothing to do with what's do. going no, on in there. They're, they're basically trapped in there too. Oh yeah, like right. and, and it's you, a cage you, match. You can see the officials sitting outside looking through the glass like they're you know like it's a cage match, and they're right. like, "Do you really want to go in there? Do I have <laughs> do to go, have in to go there? in there? Should somebody go in there? I yeah. don't know." <laughs> are they are the uh, are the characters the same now as they were back then? Um. Pretty much, you know, it's hockey players are the, the on ice stuff doesn't happen like it used to, but no. off the ice, it's it's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, they're they're basically the same. It's it's funny they like can go from team to team and, and year to year, and there's always the same, you know. There's always a you know, practical joker. There's always a tough guy. There's always a serious, serious guy. guy. There's yeah. always you know thoughtful, insightful, you know, a, a guy. There's always a couple of guys that are really enthused about doing community service. There's always those. Yeah, the, the, the dynamics is pretty much the same every year, every team. Even, you know, you talk to other trainers and other teams, they're all the kind of the same. Yeah, same yeah. team, different names. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's That part is kind of strange, but it's like even you go back and watch that Slapshot movie and you, you see the characters on that and you can identify with par players Who that have been in our locker now. room. Yeah. 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 Where you can puncture names into any one of those guys and, you know, it fits. Yeah. 
An- another character that we had here, goalie, was Mark LaForest. Ah, oh, trees. Yeah. He, uh, uh, odd duck, right? He does the he does the post game interview with a beer, <laughs> a beer and a cigarette, no. right? Oh, he was he was a fun guy too. But wh- where do he he lived in a didn't he did he he'd sleep in a van, right? Yeah, he sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, there 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 were times back in back in the early nineties when you know you'd have practice, and then everybody'd go across the gyms on Howard for for lunch, and often dinner, and sometimes <laughs> they're there at closing time. Yeah. And <laughs> so there, there was many mornings I'd come to work in the morning and have to bang on the side of Tree's van and say, Tree's, time to get up. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, five minutes later, the coffee's on. He'll come struggling in and <laughs> sit down and drink coffee. And, yeah, so he would just stay in the parking lot at yeah, Wilson Park. Yeah, sleep right outside the front doors there, yeah. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yeah. Did, he he a mat- did he have a mattress in there? Yeah, he was like a little camper van. Well, conversion camper van. Conversion van, conversion van. Sure. yeah. yeah. Satellite yeah. TV, maybe? Oh, nah, yeah. Probably not. Yeah, big. I, I, again, in, in his off-season antics, he'd just follow the Grateful Dead around. That was his off-season. There was no off-season training for him other than... Is that right? Yeah. Just, yeah. How many years did he play in Milwaukee? I should know this, but I, I don't. Do you, you remember? Three. It was a, three two years. Three. So he'd come back in the off uh, the next year, and you just hear, oh, you won't believe, you won't believe what I what happened saw here. Dead saw the dead, right? Yeah. We saw the dead. We hopped on their tour bus, <laughs> or whatever. I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine the stories that came out of oh, his mouth. The things he's seen. Oh my, he was yeah. right there. <laughs> and, and you have a unique perspective because you're not you're, you're in the training room, and that's where that's sort of the co- that's the coffee the uh, the, the, the water cooler. cooler. Yeah. yeah, that's the water cooler. So oh, you yeah. go in there, and I can't imagine, like, a lot of the stories are not, cannot be repeated on here. <laughs> this is primarily a family show, but I can't imagine what you've heard just sitting in that training room, just being quiet, treating an arm, treating a leg, <laughs> treating a groin, whatever, oh. and you're probably hearing stories about felonies that are committed. Oh. <laughs> Without a doubt. My, oh, my God. If there were cell phones back then, geez, we wouldn't have a team. They'd all be in prison, I bet. <laughs> uh, at least in court. Like, oh, my. It, was, um, it wasn't all they were doing either. I mean, they're, they're, you know, people were just more carefree back then. It was different. It was yeah. a different time. Yeah, definitely a different time. Yeah, again, they, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, serious you know, concentrate on your, your game 24 hours a day. It was like you're at the rink for two hours and then the other 22 hours you're on your own and <laughs> go have some fun. Live the life of a, you know, of a, a 22-year-old fresh- professional athlete. Professional athlete, sure. Yeah, yeah and they took full advantage of that. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? I watch it now and guys are weighing in and guys are doing all of it. Was there any of that stuff going on? Did they have to weigh in so Vancouver could see that they were on track or anything like that? No, no, that's, a, that's probably about as far as this game has changed that that's where it's changed the most is the off ice you know we had the a monitoring of the off yeah, ice yeah we had um you know wilson park we had two old fitron red bikes and that was it and that was it and they hardly got you there it was punishment right you got <laughs> yeah. out there if it was if, <laughs> you're, if you were <laughs> late or something like that yeah the you know warm up you know pre-ice warm up consists of having a coffee and you know some guys a cigarette and <laughs> put their gear on and off they'd go and after you know after the game you know 20 minutes 25 minutes after the game, you know, place is dead. Yeah, everybody's gone. Yeah, everybody's gone. Did guys, did guys smoke in the locker room? No, they would have to go out somewhere under the stands usually. And yeah, under the stands. Yeah, <laughs> not even outside. You just yeah. go under the stands. Under the stands, just yeah. away from the room. Yep, yep. But it was yeah. Again, it was just uh, 
Like I can remember times like you know Tony Herc was probably the quickest off the ice. Oh gosh! And he'd be honest to God in and out of the shower, sitting in his uh, when sitting in his stall when the coaches came through, you know, after the game, <laughs> and you know, 15 minutes after you know the final buzzer, he's walking out the door yeah. and, and looking at everybody. What are you guys doing? Let's go! Because <laughs> 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 you know, there's no there was no cool down, no Norma Tech, no cold tub bikes after the game, you know, post game workouts, none of that. It was just. Gear so off, shower, which yeah. is crazy when you think of Herc. He's yeah. the smartest guy on the ice. Yeah, he's the one. He's probably playing the most minutes because he can play every role, and yet yeah. he's the first one out the door. Out because the door. Probably figured to, he did his work. I did my work on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. What do I got to do the work off the ice? Yeah. You get a rub down or anything like great. that. Just take yeah. off. Yeah, and some other guys would sit around and you know, again back then, you know, post game hydration, pff, we had a cooler of beer in the middle of the room. Right. <laughs> some guys would sit there. Once the beer's gone, okay, now we can go home. You know, right. It's one of those type of things. Yeah, it was just a different era. It was, it was fun. So it was fun. You go. We go through four coaches in your first four years, mm-hmm. and then the, pardon me, the affiliation with Vancouver is done. Lloyd wants to be independent. Lloyd Pettit does, and so he brings Phil back to coach. Talk to, some, talk to us about what those independent years, those three or four, four or five years, actually, of independent years, what and, were those years like? And did like? you have an option to move on with Vancouver, or was did Milwaukee become home and you decided to stay? Well, it was, yeah, it was, um, it, I did have the option. It was, um, you know, I talked to as many people as I could, including, you know, Larry Ashley, the trainer in Vancouver, and he basically told me that, you know, he had no plans of retiring anytime soon, and there would be, you know, there wasn't, you know, that was before they even had assistant trainers up in sure. in NHL. It's just a one guy, medical, you know, one or two guys equipment. So he kind of just eluded that he wasn't moving anywhere soon. So, you know, we have a good opportunity to stay here. And Brian Burke, I had a conversation with him as well. And he, he said that, you know, Phil was very interested in keeping me on here. And it would be a, probably the... You know, if he was in my shoes, he would stay on here because of, because of the Pettits, and it was a great organization. And what they're—it was a bit of a decision, but basically came right down to is Canucks moved up to Hamilton, Ontario, right? Which you know, nothing against Hamilton, Ontario, but I've, I've been there, and Milwaukee is a far better place to be to be than than Hamilton, Ontario. And it's actually closer to home, yeah. being in Milwaukee, not by a lot. It's yeah. still you're you know you're from British Columbia. Yeah, it's you know yeah Milwaukee just had way much. A lot more to offer, you know, for for a young guy like myself back then, and you know, just starting a family. Uh, Jesus is, you know, and, and that's why I've probably been here so long. It is such a great community to be a be a part of, and you know, even now I look at him coming towards the end of the, my career and I think, geez, this is going to be hard to leave this place. It's right. It's it's a nice it's a nice facility. It's, it's a nice facility here. It's a nice city. It's a great community. Um, I really en- enjoy being here, but. Uh, Back to the question about those early days of the independence. Yeah, boy, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. But you know, we get to you know run basically run our own program here. We had training camp. You got to run camps. training camp. Yeah, so we're running training camp. We're bringing in you know forty. Well, the first year was a was just a debacle. I mean, the, <laughs> is this mean, the Russians' year? Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know they're. 94. Phil kept saying, yeah, we're going to bring in just 35 guys. That's it, 35 guys. And I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm young. My first year is independent, you know. And, I, and are you well, doing this at Wilson Park or yeah, at Bradley Center? Wilson Park. Wilson Park, okay. So I think I'm ahead of the game. I order enough equipment and stuff for, like, 45 guys. Yeah. I figure I got oh, – we got to – Right. So he says 35 maybe brings five extras. Yeah. And then you've yeah. still got a five spares. Yeah. So I got a bunch of equipment, and we had some old stuff. So I, had, I could outfit probably about 50 guys. I was thinking safely. I thought that should, that should do. 
Yeah. We are like like 68 guys. <laughs> <laughs> 68 guys. I mean, I'm scrambling around. I'm calling high school teams all over the community, all over Is that Wisconsin, right? trying to find you know blue pants, blue gloves, because none of the none of the equipment vendors are are shipping no, at no that time. Of day. No, it's September. No. Nobody's gonna you know all orders are in, and yeah, so I'm just scrambling around and I board stuff from everywhere just to outfit these guys. Where did these players come from? Oh, I don't know. Everywhere they like want a they want a raffle. They want yeah, <laughs> it's like a bunch of you know fill out a bunch of markers out and buy yeah. five get a get a training camp <laughs> yeah, all right, free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Phil knew a lot of people, so <laughs> right. a lot of people were calling him. Calling can for get a my favor? son? Can he come in and yeah, oh. get a tryout? Oh sure. So Phil, come on. <laughs> yeah, but yes. you get out of that group. You get Stalinkov, right? Yeah, Galchenyuk, who mm -hmm. was a good player, but I think was limited by injuries, wasn't yeah. he in his career? Yeah. I mean, there were some there were some players that came out of oh, sure. out of that group, out of Russia specifically. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Yeah, we had the other, you know, some of the, you know, the, the stalwarts of uh, you know the organization, like you know Ken Painter, McNeil, yeah, you know, Tom Lack, yeah. Steve Tuttle, Steve Tuttle, yeah, Gino Cavallini came through yeah. there. Herc, Herc came through during the independent years. Yeah, Ken Sabern. Ken Sabern, yeah. yeah. I mean, being independent allowed the Admirals to have to have guys there for multiple years. Yeah. Right now, it's it's yeah. you know two or three and done. Mm -hmm. uh, and with yeah. a veteran, it's it's one or two and done. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I hate to put put you in this spot but were those your favorite years maybe because it was They're all yourself and you guys had total control really when yeah, it came down to it, it and there was an older group probably that, yeah, definitely that understood older. the NHL and whatever yeah. else yeah there were some guys that were coming down from the NHL that still want to keep playing um, you know Sylvain Couturier but yeah, all, Sly Couturier for yeah, sure and, you, know, you, you sit there and you watch now their kids are playing in the NHL which right. is kind of yeah, fun right. you know, Galchenyuk's yeah, kid and yeah. Couturier's kid <laughs> yeah but yeah, it was fun because those guys actually came in and there and uh, you know Phil and, and the Mr. and Mrs. Pettit would encourage them to live here and be part it's of the lay down roots. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys that stayed here all year round, and we had softball teams, and it was <laughs> uh, you know in the summer and the off season, and it was fun. Like uh, it was a very much a family oriented kind of environment, and uh, everybody would bring their kids in whenever they wanted. It had open door policy in the locker room, and sure, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It, there's those teams were close, and it was. A lot of fun to be a part of, and and again, if you look back at the at our schedule, like we had some great great cities. In oh the yeah, Long yeah. Beach oh, yeah. and Phoenix and oh. Las Vegas, <laughs> yeah, and Orlando. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, road trips are nothing like they are now. Was, yeah. this, was this about the time that they had the incident with the airplane? And it was it in Vegas? Oh, coming out of Vegas, yeah. Let's yeah. get your perspective. We've gotten perspective from a lot of guys on this. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So where we want your perspective on this. Well, it was. We uh, know it's Steve Strunk's fault, <laughs> right? Well, uh, not a, well, maybe not the whole thing. Not but. the whole thing, but yeah, we really, when it, when it all comes down to it, we we had an afternoon game in Long Beach. And then we're on the red-eye flight, so the game's over, you know, 4 or 5 in the afternoon. Sure. And we had, you know, our flight's not leaving until midnight out of LAX. So we, so we stopped down at Manhattan Beach and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> in LA. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and then uh, and proceeded to have dinner and, and drinks until <coughs> till the bus picked us up at, you know, 10 o'clock. And we all went to the, the, uh, to the airport. Well, as we're flying up out of uh, L.A., you know, people, guys are rowdy, as they always are. Yeah. You know, have been drinking for a few hours. And, and mind you, this is on Midwest Express, yeah. Milwaukee's hometown airline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 
guys are being kind of goofy and, you know, maybe a little disrespectful to the flight attendants, but, you know, after a few drinks in the bars and, you know, it was, it was pretty raucous there at the beginning. But as soon as the, the flight takes off, uh, I didn't know this was a thing, but Steve Strunk jumps up and pretends he's surfing. Going in, the, you know, in the aisle. In the aisle. You yeah. know, and hang 10, dude. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> laughing. It was funny, and I didn't think much of it. Then, you know, 10 minutes later, everybody's in their seats, and 50 minutes later, everybody's basically sound asleep. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, party's over. Everybody's asleep. So we, so, but at this point, we didn't know that the, the flight attendant felt, I don't know, threatened or something and thought we were just a little bit too rowdy and mentioned it to the captain who, who as we as we landed in uh, in Las Vegas for a connection, you know we're all everybody's still asleep and just groggy and on comes this big sheriff guy and you know decked out with his holster his big gun and yep. you know big where Stetson. are you where are you sitting in relationship to everybody? Uh, are you at the, the front of the plane or no? I'm about the middle and most okay. of the guys are you know behind me or a few seats back. Uh, we're kind of. You know, Phil was way up at the front, so he didn't really understand what was going on back there. But this big sheriff comes down. And and you see this guy, what do you think? Like, oh, boy, someone's in trouble. Yeah. What's, yeah, <laughs> what's, what's going on? on? This ought to be good. Yeah, so he comes in, and he's, you know, to doing what he's supposed to do. He's pretty hard-nosed at the beginning, you oh, know. Yeah. You know, I'm here to take him, and he points to Steve Strunk, and everybody's going, what? Well, you know, we got another people starting to wake up, and, Anybody else want to make a deal of that? And I got four more sheriffs out in the jetway ready to come in here. You guys want to do some hockey? We'll do some hockey. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, everybody's going, what? what? Yeah, what's <laughs> going on? Going. So, so they think Steve, Steve Strunk goes off, and uh, they haul him out there. And, and then, uh, you know, Phil gets off, goes out there too. And then a couple of the sheriffs are still mulling around back there. And guys are starting to say, hey, no, you can't take our guy. And now we're starting right. to, now we're, the courage is coming back, you know, yeah, from, the, yeah. <laughs> from the beers. And he said, and somebody says, you know, if you take him, you got to take us all. Yeah. Yeah. And nice guess one. what? Yeah, guess what? Everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Exactly so, so what did you do? You well, got off. Well, I got off, and then I thought, well, geez, all our equipment's going on. They got, you know, have nobody picking the stuff up there, and right, yeah. So I, so do I, you have to plead a case, or I plead a case, and I said, let me, then let me go back on, and so we, <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, so they let me go back on, and I, and I see, you know, Dick Langley was our travel guy at right. the time. He's at the back of the plane, way at the very back. Just, you can just see him, just the most disgusted look on his face, <laughs> like, how did I ever get to be a part of this? And, you know, and so <laughs> I see him I back mean, there, and I'm thinking, well, how are all these guys going to get home? Dick, yeah, and Dickie Langley, is, his background is in accounting yeah. at a bank, yeah. right? So he, I don't even know how he joined the Admirals. Uh, yeah. So, But he's not like... Not a party guy. <laughs> no, He's pretty no. serious. Yeah. yeah. And so I could see the look on his oh, face yeah. being like, oh, gosh. Yeah. So the plane start, starts backing up. Those are the stops to a halt. Everybody bounces back in their seats. <laughs> Dick Langley. Dick Langley. He's coming <laughs> to the front of the plane. <laughs> so he gets hauled off. Like, he, you see him like a, you're talking about a walk of shame. He's got to walk up the plane. For everybody. And, and get off. <laughs> Who's this 50-year-old accountant that they're t kicking off the plane? Yeah, because he's yeah. responsible for <laughs> yeah, travel. Yeah, he's responsible for travel. Yeah, so he had to find, you know, flights home for everybody else. And he did an admirable job. Like, he got guys back. You know, I, the flight from with Midwest Express flew on. I think we got in at like at 7 in the morning. We had guys showing up like at, you know, 7.45, 8 o'clock. Like, oh. I don't know what it cost, but it was, you know, we had guys. 
coming in from an all different airlines. You just scramble around and got everybody a get flight any back. flight you can. And this was yeah. this was news. Like this was in papers. Big this time was, news. Uh, yeah, this in was Milwaukee. A big deal. Yeah, yeah. For what for what I understand, like there was a couple of people on the plane from Chicago, and the Wolves had just started up there. So they, you know, they're standing around the. You know, waiting for their luggage, and they're saying, "You won't believe what just happened." You know? Oh, I yeah, not so heard that before. So they, yeah, I so had not heard that. Yeah, before. so they spilled the beans on the on the whole thing. But yeah, it was an <laughs> interesting day. That was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a but, day that goes down you, in Admiral's. You could only lore. imagine how many drunk buffoons get on in, in Las Vegas. But yes, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, right. And and that's that's one thing that the that lady said that. From for Chicago, like oh, we've seen people get on a lot worse than you guys were right. in, yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> right. I don't know what the big deal was. Right. But and can you imagine like the the, the police officer comes in there all rough and tough. Oh yeah. I bet he's annoyed by the end of the night. Like now I got to take care of all this. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just wanted yeah, reports, one guy. Yeah, whatever, now I got yeah. twenty guys. Yeah. I got to take care of. Mulling around. Yeah. Mulling around. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. That the, was fun. Let's fast forward a little bit to. Uh, the years after the Pettit's passed and it's in a trust. And I mean, what are you thinking? You've made the decision. Your family is here. You've made yeah, a your life. Your kids are all you've made a life growing for up your, in Milwaukee. For yourself here. But it, it hmm. every year, I suppose, it looks bleak, right? I mean, it, you, you wonder if you're going to have a job in the next month or year or whatever. Well, yeah, it was it was bleak. It was, you know, the, the, there, there was no... You know, no funds to go around. No we were bones. trying to, yeah, bare bones. I was, you know, fixing a lot of the equipment, you know, instead of buying new stuff or, you know, cutting corners everywhere we could. But I never really thought that uh, hockey would leave, you know, Milwaukee. I always thought there'd be some way that they'd find a way to keep the, to keep, keep it the going. doors open. And, uh, and sure enough, they did. But, you know, I wasn't, other than the, um, you know, the fiscal restraints that we were under I, I didn't really like we were 90 days out on every bill yeah. like we yeah. had, we would get calls from uh, the places saying hey this bill is two months out and we would laugh <laughs> like yeah, yeah. okay yeah. all right yeah. Yeah. for you for you Doug how how much did it help that you were affiliated again then did that help a lot I mean was there help with equipment and everything or I mean what what were the the responsibilities for the admirals did they have to buy skates and all of that or what did nashville provide all of that stuff in the yeah, early once, days yeah once nashville came in yeah they started you know providing the equipment for the for the players and you know they took that onus off of the local ownership to to defend that that bill but uh it was um it was exciting like when uh nashville came in because they were you know again an nhl team and you had yeah, that right that prospect of, they were of, just starting out yeah, yeah. starting out prospect of, of moving up uh you know people coaches and, and myself trainers and uh moving up and it, it brought a, a you know a different element to you know to the locker room and you know guys again were you know, instead of being at the end of their career trying to finish it up there a bunch of young guys again came yeah. in looking to passion and yeah want to move on yeah, and move, move forward yeah yeah it wasn't you know it was it was their opportunity to to move up as opposed to the players that we had that were you know Again, members of the community are quite comfortable and, and were well paid and, and treated well. But uh, again, there wasn't that incentive to, um, you know, to to go through the wall to get to that next level. Right. Where when the Preds came in and, you know, they, they kind of put that element of the game back into it, where there is a future for the, you know, for them to get to that next level and and that uh, work ethic and whatnot came and back the, and in. And the Preds at the time are owned by. A, a local guy or a received a guy, guy Craig, away, yeah, yeah, Craig Leopold. So yeah. that's a neat connection too. Yeah. Right. Did he come in here and 
and, and, and you know, introduce himself and whatnot? No. Or? no, he never – I don't believe he ever came in here. You know, I didn't see him if he did. But, yeah. uh, you know, he was very much a part of the organization. He would – we would go down there, you know, have a dinner at his house down in The most seat. amazing house you've ever seen in your oh life. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, it is – He's got stuff. Like, <laughs> he, yeah, like, we, we – we tell players now about his house and yeah. like, hey, they've got he's got a chunk of the Berlin Wall out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, you mean like a brick? That's pretty cool. No, no, like yeah, it's like <laughs> ten it's like people stood like on a, this for pictures. Right, yeah. it's like a double door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got a big dinosaur bone in his. Yeah, T Rex <laughs> bone in the in the in the entryway. <laughs> yeah, he's got oh the, the sports but, memorabilia. It's oh, like Babe Ruth. I mean. But and couldn't be a nicer guy. No, he was, he was a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy, yeah. and his wife was so kind. Like you'd yeah. never, never ever know that you no. know. Well, she did okay for herself too. She, yeah, yeah not bad. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. bad. We, we at that time, Al Sims is the first coach when yeah. Nashville becomes the affiliate. Uh -huh. uh, we never hear Al Sims stuff. What was what was Al Sims like? I mean, he was he was a very good player in the National Hockey League. Very good defenseman. Yeah, I played with Bobby Orr for gosh sakes. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, it was fun. Yeah, but he was um, he was he was a good he he's uh, basically developed I don't know if he developed or instituted that left side lock or left wing lock whatever the heck it was and yeah. it was probably the most boring hockey to watch right but, <laughs> but it was effective and you know it, he was he was a fun guy him and I and well Claude Noel was his assistant coach yep you know and Paul Biston was our equipment guy at the time and we. You know, after practice, again, the guys would leave. There wasn't a big emphasis on uh, post-practice workouts and whatnot, so the players would leave, and the four of us would break out the ping-pong table and play, you know, Paul and myself against uh, Claude and, uh, and, and, Al. and Al. And we'd have epic battles, like really? epic battles for like an hour and a half, just sweating. <laughs> we were just going back and forth. They were great matches. And, I remember a few times I had to had to cut it show close because my kids are coming home from school. I gotta <laughs> yeah, get home. Right. The kids okay, guys, <laughs> we'll play we'll play game five, but it's only to fifteen. Yeah, because the kids are getting home from school. I gotta uh, get going. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, epic. That was unbelievable. We had so much fun. Like Al again was a a serious coach, but you know he liked to have his fun afterwards. And you know it was and, and Claude, you know Claude, he's just a great guy. Yes. To, yeah. Yeah. He really enjoys you know his time away from the rink and you know. When he's at the rink, he's serious. But again, once the job's done, it's let's let's have some fun and enjoy say, life a little bit. Claude, it, it, the two years I worked with him and knowing him since then a little bit, it, it, it doesn't define him. And that's one of the neat things. Like yeah. you can get lost in this job so easily yeah. that I'm a hockey coach or I'm a hockey player or whatever. But that it doesn't define who he is, and yeah. that's pretty neat. Yeah, he, he's a great guy. I still see him. We saw him just a couple of weeks ago. We were we were traveling. He's scouting now for uh, Jersey. For Jersey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was scouting our team and. You know, you sit down, you start talking. Next, thing you know, we're talking about fly fishing and right. everything else. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah everything yep. other than hockey. And yeah, he's a very well-rounded individual. Just a, a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. That, let's go to the championship <laughs> season. Claude's the head coach of the team now. Oh three, oh four. Your perspective on on the playoffs that season and uh, what, when did and you know that it was a like? Yeah. Do you remember when you when you sort of thought to yourself, "Gosh, this is a special group. We're, we're pretty good. We might have a chance to do something here." <laughs> It was a, that's funny. There was a time we we played a game in Houston, um, you know. And after the game, I was talking to their trainer Larry Mines uh, at the time, and former trainer for the uh, Houston Oilers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah, so he's he's working the hockey down there, and he says, you know, you guys got a really good team. 
And I looked at Paul and he says, do we? <laughs> <laughs> because you're so caught up in the day-to-day, oh, oh, right? yeah, you're just grinding along. Yeah, you know, yeah, we win a few games. And he, and he says, no, you guys are pretty well, well-rounded. You guys really got a chance to go far this year. And, and yeah. they're, the, they're the defending Calder Cup champions. They were, yeah. yeah. At, th- at that time. Yeah, so I guess he saw some similarities to their team that had won it and, and us. I said, oh. So that was that was in March, and they started paying attention a little more then. And said, "Yeah, we do have a pretty good team, but <laughs> who knows?" Yeah, you're caught up in other things like you know we had some again characters on that team like the Upshaws or two twos and yep. you know crazy. But this guys. time it's the young guys. It's yeah. not the older guys. It's the young guys <laughs> yeah. who were the yeah they're oh again just who were comfortable enough to yeah. be themselves. Yeah, let's say. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, they're <laughs> a fun bunch. But yeah, then it was um, you know once the playoffs started, I think um, you know. Uh, Finley and Flaherty were our two goalies, and yep. you know they thought that uh, you know Brian Finley was going to carry us along there, but you know he started floundering near the end of the season, so they put Flats in there, and I think Finley started Game One of the playoffs, and mm. and wasn't did Flaherty did started Game One? Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, and I think he started. We had to win, I think, our last game of the year to secure home ice. Oh. And it was a, it was close. It was a struggle. Uh, I think we beat Chicago three to one or four to one or something yeah. like that to, at the at the end of the year to secure home ice in the number one seed uh, mm. the whole way through. Yeah. But then we play Cincinnati in the first round and we go down three to one. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was that was tough. Yeah. Tough. And then that's when I think Flats went in and kind of calmed everybody down. I remember there was a play we were playing. Um, Chicago in the second round and you know Brad Tiley comes up behind their net and throws one right up the middle onto their stick and it's in you know it's in our net and you know tiles feels like just you know lowered and low and you know you hear flat skate around you know comes to the bench and says that one kind of got away from you hey old timer and and to see Brad Tiley just start to laugh and uh, loosen them right up and then we went on to kept going but but Flats was just that kind of a, a calming uh, presence presence in in the net for us, and we finally we started hitting our stride and started to get going, and uh, and it just kept steamrolling from there. Right? Yeah, four th- or seven, six, five, four. Yeah, yeah. in that series. In yeah, that what, what a team that that was when you look back, and some of the guys that you know that that could play the game and just dominate. They were just unbelievable. Like that young Darren Hadar was right. But, you know, we had Gamash and had the Upshaws and, oh, boy. Well, Hercus is an all-timer. Matthew Darsh, right? Yeah. 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 Matthew, Matthew Darsh. Darsh, Hercus, and Hadar led the team in scoring 59 points. Yeah. What's interesting. Curtis Murphy. Curtis yeah. Murphy, the Murphy's. defenseman of the year. Yeah. Uh, and Jay Henderson, yeah. who had won the Calder Cup two years before with Providence. Mm-hmm. The last year with with uh, Houston, with Houston and yeah. then won it with us. He won he it three straight years. Yeah. Wow! He yeah, was a winner. Not not a guy that you look on the score sheet and did anything. No, nope. uh, but he was a winner. Yeah. Interesting. There's a uh, an admiral's book that is just coming out right now, uh, and I didn't know this, but we so we there's a in this book there's a story about Darren and about Claude, and Darren was not happy. Things are not going well, and Ray Shiro said, and with Claude, they're sandpaper grit, just yeah. button heads. And basically, that Ray Shiro says to him, Darren, I know you don't like it. I know things are weren't working out here. Let's go two more weeks, and if it's still not good, I'll look for a trade for you. 
and I'd never heard this story before. I knew that you know there was like yeah this and that, but every coach and you know yeah. the players that have that, and I but I never know it got to that point, and those two weeks turned out to be they went pretty well, and next thing you know we're hitting our stride in February and March, yeah. and we go on to win the Calder Cup and Hadar if it's not for Flaherty Hadar's the uh, the 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 playoff MVP that year yeah. yeah but it's it's those things that you know there's. Every championship team has those moments where it's like, okay, we can it's it's go left or right. Left yeah. or right. Yeah. What way are we gonna go? Yeah. And if you want to buy the Admiral's book, it's twenty five dollars. You can buy it in the uh in the Admiral's store. There you yeah. go. Little plug. Yeah. Yeah, little plug. Yeah, I didn't know that. Dougie, I'll book. give you yours for twenty two fifty. Yeah, good discount. Yeah. So when you win the championship, what is that like? Oh, it was uh, on the ice. Did in you think about did yeah. you think about what you're gonna do? Right, because we're up. It's pretty clear, especially late game. We're going to win this one. We're yeah. winning this. Yeah. What is going through your head? Are you thinking like, okay, I'm running on the ice. Who am I touching, grabbing first? Am I going to high five guys? Am I going to rip my shirt off and throw in the stands? What are you going to do? Yeah. How hard is it to focus on? Yeah, Ten right. more minutes of hockey. <laughs> right. Right. Well, what happens well, if uh, a guy goes down? Yeah, You're not exactly. even paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were paying attention, and that's that, that's is interesting because you. You know, you go through a long playoff run like that, and and you're pretty much just exhausted. Like you're, yes. you're going and you're going. There, there's nothing that you, you know, there's no saying, yeah, I'm tired. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not coming into today, or I'm not going to give my all today. Um, so you just, you're, you're not, your nose is to the grindstone the whole six weeks you're going through this, and. You know, down as that clock was ticking down, you're going just like, oh my God, we made it. You know, this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we made it. it you the know, finish line. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was exciting. But you know, your your co your closest comrades on the bench, you know, Paul and the coaches, and you know, you, you shake their hands, give them a hug, you know, a few tears of joy, and then you know, the players are out there jumping around. Last thing you want to do is go out there and jump around with the with you know, a, 20 with guys skates. with, with, right, with guy, razor yeah. blades on their it, feet. It, yeah. exactly. Mike Farrell was a <laughs> humongous guy, oh, you know, although he was hurt in the finals. But, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, some, or Ray Schultz, yeah, right? Like, yeah. big guy on skates, in yeah. pads. Yeah. You don't Jumping need to be no, dealing you don't with need that to, yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. bottom of the pile. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of wait for that to disperse, and then you go a few hugs, and, then, you know, then, you know, you go into the locker room, and, geez, what a mess that makes. Oh, yes. my. My, oh, my. You just, you know, you're, you're walking around in a quarter inch of beer and champagne on the floor. Right. You never know it, what. Uh, someone's dousing you this yeah. way. You turn around, someone's oh, dousing you that was, way. Yeah, it was Does fun. it burn? Does oh, it, yeah. <laughs> it did burn the eyes. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the goggles but, that they wear out now is but a again, good idea. But, again, your job's not done because now you got to pick up all that, that <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, booze-soaked equipment, and stuff it in a bag, and somehow get it all back to Milwaukee. And, I, I, I was going to say, do you because you have to spend the night. There's no flight back yeah, right no away. No, we had a party like at so a. Uh, do you have to? Um, do you have to wash the? Do you like? Do you have to go to the Wilkesbury laundry room and say, "Hey guys, can we use your washers tonight?" Or, <laughs> no, or you just we, packed it up. We packed it all up. So get yeah. out of here. Oh. Let's just go. Yeah, let's we just had go. to. I, I distinctly remember a, a representative from the uh, Hall of Fame. Isaac Westgate was the guy's name. Come into our locker room afterwards and say, "Okay, hey, I'd like to uh, Wade Flaherty's stick, Darren Hadar's jersey, and something else." It was three things, yeah. and because we're taking him back to the Hall of Fame, and I'm like, I, I, I remember surveying it, yeah. thinking to myself, I, "How am I supposed to find this stuff? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just junk everywhere. Yeah. Right? Have a have a champagne or yeah. something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> let it go. We'll send it to you when you get home. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah. No, it's. Yeah, again, so, again, that's part of it. Like, the job is still to be done. You had to get all that stuff back and, you know. I think we, um, I think on the way back, 
you know, they put the stuff in the equipment truck, and they had to fly. We fly out of Newark or somewhere. We flew out of Newark, yeah. Yeah. And halfway to Newark, the truck gets a flat tire. Oh, was that right? Yeah, I never knew this. No, yeah, so this. we had to. So Paul calls me back. And he calls me on the bus. and says, "Well, the truck broke down. We're you know, mile mark or whatever it was." He says, "says Okay, we'll pull over in the bus and we'll throw all the gear from the truck into the bus." And you know, that's what we did. Side of the highway, we're chucking <laughs> really? a bunch of hungover hockey players. And that's that. crazy. We're unloading this equipment truck and we're throwing it into the bottom of the bus. And yeah, I had no way to Newark. celebrate that. Huh? Oh I, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, no yeah. idea. Because yeah. then. We, the front office staff, we, we, we drove back, a 15-passenger yeah. van, to meet you guys at the airport, pull in almost exactly the same time as you yeah. guys flew in. Yeah. And there was a lot of fans there. A lot of people, A lot yeah. of fans. That, for yeah. the lowest attendance that the Admirals have had since, lowest average attendance that the Admirals ever had since Wilson Park year. Mm -hmm. And to have that many people at the airport, uh, that, was, that was awesome. Was, that, was, that was really neat. Yeah, that it was, was surprising, yeah. Yeah, and I remember... Um, uh, Smitty had the, the trophy and he was carrying it over his head. He, he hugged that trophy like it was a teddy bear close to him for like two weeks. I don't think he ever put that thing down. <laughs> <laughs> the Quite Alex Smith. Ovechkin, uh, right? <laughs> of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of that was, year. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Geez. Uh, fun, fun year. And then two yeah. years later, we, we go three years with basically that same nucleus of players. Yeah. Greg Claussen, Upshaw, Scotty yeah. Upshaw, Finley was there. Darren Hadar, yeah. Simone Gamash, I already yeah, say yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, Finley. Uh, but then in 0506, we get this tall, gangly seventh round, eighth round draft pick coming <laughs> in. Yeah. Right? Pekka Rinne. Pekka Rinne. What do you remember about Pekka? Oh, well, just as just as the same as I remember him, you know, as I see him now in Nashville. He's just a just a perfect gentleman, big, quiet, deep voice. You yeah. know, come to work every day. Aggie, Aggie, yeah, Aggie. <laughs> yeah, he, he's that's, just that's a, a terrible impersonation. That is yeah. a terrible Sorry. impersonation. Yeah. yeah, he's just a prince of among men. He, he's just a, a great guy, really a good guy. I'm glad for all the accolades that he's got over his career, and I'm happy he started here with us. And yeah, he's a future Hall of Famer for sure. What's been the best part of this job for you? Um, I think the. Uh, each year, you know, you, you start with a new bunch of players and, and you take this journey together for, you know, 10 months, nine months of it. And it's fun every year to get to know these, these players. They're, they're all different. They all come from different walks of life and now different countries even. And it's just, it, it's so much fun to, you know, to see how they develop not only individually, but as a team, uh, how they come together over certain issues, how they react to certain adversities during the year and, uh, it, it really is um, each year is something different and it's uh, something special. It's almost like yeah. a kid. Yeah. Every year is a different child. Maybe, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you can see this kind of, um, uh, you know, comparison maybe to a teacher who gets a new, a new class sure. every year yeah. and you, and you see these kids come in and you develop, they develop, you know, learn learning skills or reading or writing or whatever. And, and they walk out at the end of the year, you know, basically a different person. And, these hockey players coming in here that's exactly what they do they come in and they're you know they're wide-eyed they're they're you know eager they're you know some of them are arrogant some of them have to some of them are, are timid they have to get you know more assertive others at the other end of the spectrum are arrogant they need to calm down a little bit and and you see how that all plays out in into a into a group atmosphere and it's it's interesting and it's fun to see and 
again, like uh, I said earlier, like hockey players are all the same. You know, yeah. what team you are, or what what era they are, they they all have their characteristics, and they're all as, as different as they are. They're all the same, and and it's fun to see how some teams really come together, and other teams will never get they, there. They can't get there, and yeah. you can tell. And you know, you're going to get there and have a good a good run, or it's just just. Uh, you know, a building year and, and just, just get through it and <laughs> try right, again next and year. Try it again next <laughs> year. Next year. Yeah. There, there's, I've got to believe, I'm going to give you a chance to think about this for a second, but there's got to uh, be a story that you can tell us that you sat back there on that training table and you thought to yourself, this is impossible. This cannot be true. There's no way this happened. And I'll tell you the story that I heard that may, and this, and obviously, you know, we got to keep it, uh, you know, keep it, PC. And maybe protect some innocent Potential, people. Potential, right. <laughs> but the story for me was PC Le- the birth of PC Labrie's kid. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. I sat in that training room, and it was like, well, you, first of all, you're not going to believe this. And then this happened. And yeah. then this happened. Yeah. And then this. And then, you know, like it would just kept building and building and building. And you're like, there, it's impossible. This could never, ever, ever happen. And as a matter of fact, though, it did. It's like the truth is stranger than fiction. And I want to hear something that you think can think of, and maybe it, maybe it's not a story you heard. Maybe it actually happened, you know, to you when we're when we're oh. on the road, and you know, some guy hits you with a some. You run into an old classmate that you hadn't. I don't know. That's sort of lame. But <laughs> is there something? There's got to be a few stories like that. Uh, that you, and of course, I'm putting you on the spot, right? Yeah. Should have told you about this beforehand. Well, no, the no one, good. the one that comes to mind for me is the the one in Houston when the Finns got arrested. Oh, and uh, uh, walking out of a Super Bowl party, and uh, they had a couple of pops, but they weren't drinking in public. But Houston is zero tolerance, right. especially on a Sunday night, Sunday in the South, and oh. uh, they got taken down and. Poor Yanni Lyonen was so green that year. He was so <laughs> naive and so wide-eyed on everything. And now he has to spend the night in jail. And I, I felt for him. And, I felt and for him because Fordo, he, was, he was the least American of the group, right? Yeah. And, and when Fordo tells us the story, he, loved, he, he tells it because they came out with no laces in their yeah, shoes. Yeah, they had to take the shoelaces Because it's a suicide out. risk, right? <laughs> yeah, they had to take the shoelaces out. Had to take the shoelaces out of the shoes. Yeah, man, they could barely speak the language. You know? Oh, <laughs> the street pins and... Timo Laxo. Oh, they're right? probably talking to the to the police officer arrested him. You know, and just that language is such a you yeah know, a vicious kind of yeah <laughs> right? language. Just, you could be telling him a lullaby, and it sounds like they're screaming at him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so off they went. Oh, that was so funny. And the funny thing is, you know, we didn't have bail money, so. The Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl pool, like Dave yes, Randolph won is, the Super Bowl pool, and yeah. he had to buck up his money to pay post bail. <laughs> he had to get him out. Oh. <laughs> but they got it taken care of. And then we yeah. end up in Texas, in Austin, yeah. and Dave has stripes on their jerseys oh, yeah. for practice. Yeah. They put jail stripes on jail their jerseys. Jail stripes on their, on their practice jerseys. Oh, <laughs> those guys went out there. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you really could uh, – you know, it could have went either way. He could have really laughed at it. Yeah, which or it could did. have been a. It could have been just oh, a real man. black eye. Yeah, a disaster. Yeah, that, that was oh yeah, what a day that was. <laughs> poor poor photo. Fordo had to call up. You know, uh, Ian, Ian Herbers. Herbers. Ian Herbers. Yeah, Ian, we got a bit of a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bus didn't show up. No, no, the bus is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem is three guys <laughs> are <laughs> gonna make a detour though. Yeah. yeah. He sat outside the the police station for like a couple hours where they posted bail and stuff. Boy, that was. 
Yeah, I worked a lot of Sudoku puzzles on that day. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of Sudokus waiting for that (laughs) thing to go down. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Wow, that was fun. I don't know. I I can't think of a thing, uh, Charlie. We'll have a follow-up. We're going to do the follow-up. We will. But I remember there was one one day we came into, um, you know, uh, San Diego. We we, We followed the dead. They were there the, the weekend. We came in like on a Tuesday. And honest to God, we stayed at the hotel across the street from the arena and they, where they usually have this, um, you know, swap meet goes on every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, and so we pull in there and honest to God, it's like the dead have left like four days before we got there. But the place still looked like they just left that night. <laughs> and there was people sleeping, you know, by the pool at the hotel and under stairwells and whatnot. Like, what are we getting into here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the glamour of pro hockey. Yeah, the glamour, glamour of pro right, hockey. Right. Yeah, just don't follow the Grateful Dead wherever you go. <laughs> and that's yes. when, uh, oh, that's when Trees, again, Trees, big dead fan. He, yep. he sat outside, you know, first time we, you know, it might have been February or something. We get there and the sun's warm and he goes out and falls asleep by the pool and, course he can't start the next day because he can't put his gear on because he's, he's so sunburned sunburned <laughs> yeah. is there a fine involved in that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh yeah yeah another funny story with trees we were in uh so we, we played that one year in in uh san francisco yeah right so for the grateful dead it's like ground zero that is ground great, zero, right right grateful dead so so trees he says i got to get my mask painted with some kind of grateful dead stuff on it so so I, I find a, uh, an artist that I went to school with. He lives down in Racine, and I, he's a big deadhead too. So I, I took Trees' mask down to him, and he painted a real nice, you know, Jerry Garcia finger thing on the side and the Grateful Dead logo on the front. And, and Trees is all excited. He's gonna gonna be playing in San Francisco, right? And, and that. So, so the morning skate of the game, he goes out there and and he goes down to cover a puck, and some guy skates by and hits him in the side of the head. And you know wrenches his neck. Yeah. Neck strain. So. So he, he can't can, play. He, he can't play. So I'm taking him. I got to take him down to the their their orthopedic uh, office to get it evaluated, to get an X-ray done, and make sure everything's okay. And now uh, we're driving there, and, and we're going right down through, you know, the heart of the city. You know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream place, and <laughs> and I'm looking around, and his his neck is in a collar. He can't even turn his head, and I'm yelling, "Look at that over there!" Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Look at this, look at that right over there. Like, no. <laughs> Pointed all these these <laughs> all these monuments that are you know to the Grateful Dead. Right. Going down there and, and he can't do and it. Stuff. Oh man, he's he's fine. He says, "Shut up!" He starts swearing at me. I can't even turn my head. <laughs> it's, like we're on, it's like we're on this tour and <laughs> yeah, right. going through going through San Francisco, and he can't turn his head to see any of it. And I'm just pointing <laughs> things out. He's That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. that, unless you have anything else, Charlie. I mean, I got probably. Seventy-five oh. other questions, but oh. uh, I mean, you know, uh, well, we've kept them long enough. We've kept them a while. Oh no, yes. this is fun, guys. Yes. Appreciate well, it. Well, okay, I got we'll a couple. I'll go yeah, with a, co- a, a couple, couple more, more questions. Yeah. Like you, yeah. we, you look up when you come into the locker room, you see the road to Nashville goes through Milwaukee, and we've got a lot of <laughs> all good, those names, all, all those names up there, and we've t- already talked about Pecorine, probably, the, not probably, the most successful former admiral to ever ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that was developed here, right? Uh, when you think back over your time, who are the guys that you think of? Like, and you looked out there and you're like, "Wow, that guy, he's, he's gonna, going places. he's going places. He's, you could just tell that he's better at, because he's bigger, he's faster, he's smarter than everybody else out there." Oh, that probably. Uh, well, Shea Weber was in that definitely in same that category. Team, yeah, yeah I mean, same would, team. Yeah, he he would. Uh, 
Coach would talk to him pre-game, post-game talks. He'd have a little notebook. He would write down some of the points that the coach was saying. And Is that right? Follow that. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was very dedicated to his craft. Uh, you knew he wasn't going to be here long, just being as big as he was and as smart as he was and devoted as he as he was. Yeah. And as hard of a slap shot as he yeah. had. Yeah. Boy, he was. Yeah, he had oh, how many ankles he broke in well, front of the net. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that every single player on our team has to wear shot blockers now, yeah, right? Yeah. It's Shea Weber. Yeah. Right? Broke some guy's foot, well, someone's foot in, in, Nashville. Uh, in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whose foot that was. I don't recall either. Yeah. But it's somebody. Yeah, he was he was a he was a cut above. You knew that he was going to go far. Um, it, it's it's tough. Like uh, Phil Forsberg played, put some time in here. Yep. He he came in and he's one of those arrogant guys that you know you would almost deem him uncoachable. Yeah. At at first, but then you know he, he comes around, he figures it out, and next thing you know, he's you yeah. know you know a superstar in the national tearing hockey it up league. in the NHL. Yeah, I mean. Uh, there's no accounting for He was for a sweetheart of a guy, too. He played yeah. on the team that we, the Admirals lost in Toronto in the playoffs. Yeah. And after that game, he offered me, because I, had a, I have a nephew, and at that time my nephew's probably six years old, Phil offered me all his sticks. He says, when we get back to Milwaukee, you can have all my sticks to give to your nephew. Yeah. Really? It was just, yeah, it was just a sweet, I mean, I didn't take him up on it or anything. I probably right. should have, and I don't know if I could have, actually, if that would have been a big deal. Yeah. But, no. but he offered it, and it was. I thought that was a real sweet thing of him yeah. to do because I don't think he does that in January, but in yeah. April he, he, yeah, he had he, warmed up, like you said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, what a turnaround for that guy. I mean, he was, yeah, yeah. There, there's so many stories like that with these guys somehow just figured out and, and, and just go. We like, talked about a guy a couple a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago that was dominant down here, and that was Randy Robitaille. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and he yeah. just, it was a man. He was it like was, two points a game. It almost. was men, Yeah, he was only yeah. down here for a, two months, maybe tops, and it was a man. It was men against boys yeah. when he was out there. Well, when we were there, I remember that they came down, him and, and Vili Pelton, and like, we got them both, I think, about the same time. We were yeah. near last place in the league, and within six weeks, we were, you know, two points out of first. And and those two guys were amazing to watch. Like, yeah. Like passing right on the tape. No ifs, ands, or buts. It was it was just right. No skill. reach and no extra yeah, just, <laughs> just skill. It, it was again. It's an eye opener for some of the guys that were playing at the time. Like these are the two guys that you know can't make it in the NHL and they're down here just dominating and right doing what level. they're supposed to do. Yeah, and they both ended up getting a chance to go back up. And uh, I, I still get. Uh, you know, hellos from Vile Pelton, and he's over in Finland now. Is that right? Yeah. Every time somebody comes in, they always ask if we're still here. And Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I always, always send my regards to whoever passing them along. Yeah. Yeah, what a good guy he was. When you say that the, the passes were on the tape and all of that stuff, when I, when I look at this year's club, and I'm, I guess I'm putting a timestamp on this, but when I look yeah. at this year's club, that's what I see with this team. There's yeah. more passes on the tape yeah. than there has been in a long, long time. Long time, yeah. right? Yeah, we've got a very skilled team this year. This is, uh, this is exciting. I mean, uh, to to watch these guys, and it wasn't that way at the beginning of the year. There was, you know, the it took a while. Took, it took a, a while. few weeks. Yeah, it took a while, and I don't know what happened. It just kind of like almost over overnight, they just started, boom, they started hitting things on the tape, and. And the game just moves so much faster when it yes. the puck yep. is right on the tape and up and down we go. I mean, how many times in the past as you go through a game and the next day you're like, oh, my gosh, what we watched out there was – that was awful, <laughs> right? Like, that was yeah. terrible. I can't yeah. believe we had to watch that. We, yeah. do, you, we don't get that this year. No. Right? Even when games are maybe a little sloppy or whatever, it's still, like, it's good hockey. It's fat. It, it's, it's, 
physicality. A physical. And, yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. impressive. Yeah, we got a yeah we got a very good team this year. Got all the elements of a you know dare I say a championship team, but right. I mean, it's all there, right? The the skill, the physicality, the you know, the leadership, uh, right. role tending. Uh, it's it's kind of all coming into alignment. I hope uh, hope I'm not jinxing anything. Yeah, but right. Uh, As the athletic trainer, well, right? And a, lot, and a lot to be figured out in the next couple of months, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where this ends up. Yeah, for sure. No mm -hmm. doubt. For sure. So no, I'm, I'll I'll cut it off, right? Okay. I, we don't need to go for 90 minutes. <laughs> we don't need 90 minutes. Well, and we could easily, but uh, Doug, thanks so much for doing this. Oh, we really pleasure, appreciate guys. it. Yeah. The uh, Admirals trainer, Doug Agnew, joining us. And, and a reminder that uh, you can check out all of the Admirals podcasts wherever you get them. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google, uh, all uh, the MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's where you can find all of the Milwaukee Admirals podcasts. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. Thank you for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.